Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubergillist. This show is one in which I discuss, nay, spew forth all the media I have consumed. Why? It's a good question and it's one I ask myself 500 plus times. The answer I have decided to land upon, which uh, is fluid and can change from one minute to the next, is that if I don't do this, who who would I torture by just telling, I saw this movie, let me tell you about it. I, I read this book, let me tell you about it. I played this game, let me tell you about it. That would be boring. Also, now that I think about it, and I'm adding this to my explanation, then they would probably expect me to listen to their bullshit. And I don't need that in my life. Who wants to listen to someone talk about all the media they have consumed? That's ridiculous. Oh. You're doing it right now. Well, I apologize, and I love you. I will push a series of buttons that will divide this podcast into a series of segments, like this one. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Soul Vampires. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie of the first, The Shining, or The Shinning, if you prefer. And if you've seen that episode of The Simpsons where they call it The Shinning for uh, reasons of, uh, what are the, uh, copyright infringement reasons. Uh, the Mrs. and I watch it, of course. Uh, this is one of her favorite movies. It is one of the rare movies that she and I have both seen a lot, but she probably has seen more than me. In fact, I think we threw out some numbers. My guess was, uh, if I haven't seen it ten times, I'm approaching ten times with this viewing. Uh, and she assumed uh, she had watched it over ten times. And it's funny because... Well, it's not funny. It's a horror movie. And uh, if you've never seen it before, it's a very scary uh, psychological horror movie. But I, I do very much feel like I should underline, if you haven't seen it, uh, it is that. If you have seen it ten times, um, less so. Like, a, like, like this is a... a <laughs> somehow, some way, this, over the years of viewings, has turned into a, a perfect Sunday movie. Uh, maybe it's sort of the slow pace. Uh, it takes a while to get going, um, and and the action, such as it is, is not. Uh, it's in the it's in some of the final moments of the film, I, I suppose you would say. 
Uh, so maybe that's why. Or maybe it's the, the, the sort of comfort of having seen it so many times, and you, it sort of lulls you into the familiarity of a, of a movie you've seen a bunch of times. Possible. Regardless, I love it. Uh, five out of five. I almost... I would be surprised... So I started this podcast in 2012. I assume that between that time and this time in 2020, I have watched this, and it has appeared on another podcast episode. Uh, I, I would be actually kind of shocked if it didn't. Uh, five out of five, needless to say. Um, one thing that I wanted to throw out, if you haven't seen this, or if, like me, you've seen it a bunch of times, um, consider when... Uh, and this is something uh, I never really thought about until this particular viewing, which is is pretty amazing that even after all these viewings, still catching things that you perhaps haven't noticed before. Uh, when Jack Nicholson... Nicholson? <laughs> a lot of the times I say Jack Nicholas and Jack Nicholson, I get them mixed up. One's a golfer, and uh, uh, one is a movie guy, actor, dude. Anyways... Pay attention to when he starts typing uh, a lot on his little typewriter there, because that is presumably when he starts typing all uh, work and no play, make Jack a dull boy. So that happens very early in the movie. So we are to believe that his sanity is such that it's already gone to the degree very, very early in the movie that he's he, he's typing that out on his typewriter just sort of non-stop. So uh, I, I feel like it added an extra layer of creepiness that I had never noticed before, that uh, it, it's not like he snapped at the very end of the movie. He's been crazy for a while. It was just sort of uh, uh, not manifesting, I suppose you would say. All right, moving on to Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Yes, Jay and Silent Bob are back, apparently. And better than ever? Mm, or the same as ever? Yeah, let's go to the same as ever. Uh, if you've ever seen a Jay and Silent Bob movie, this is one of them. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, a lot of fan service. Uh, uh, a lot of sort of blasts from the past. If you've seen uh, any of these movies, there's definitely some laughs. Uh, there's, there's maybe some cringiness, I felt like. Uh, I, don't, I don't know necessarily why. Uh, is this a franchise that needed to be rebooted? Uh, you know what? <laughs> Just as I said that sentence, uh, it sort of makes me think of the uh, Aladdin live action. Um, did that movie need to exist? Mm, does this? Mm. Uh, Rating-wise, I'll go, you know... Some, <laughs> if, you're, if you're unfamiliar with my scale, 3 is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And I, I had enjoyment while watching this, so, uh, you know, I'll go with 3. <laughs> a ringing endorsement uh, for Jay and Silent Bob, a reboot. A lot of big names in it, I guess because uh, some of the previous incarnations of this sort of universe... Uh, you've had a lot of big names. Uh, who do we have? Uh, ben Affleck, for example. Diedrich Baker's in there again. Love him. Jason Biggs. <sighs> Lots of people, and it's a f okay movie. Moving on to Doctor Sleep from 2019. Ah, things are making sense to you now, as this is the um, sequel, I suppose, to The Shining. 
Interesting. Yes. Um, I read the book. Uh, spoke about it on this podcast. Uh, can't quite remember what I gave it, but I do remember liking it. And uh, now that I think about it, though, uh, watching the movie after having read the book, I didn't remember a lot of what happened, which is sort of surprising. I, I, I find normally I could sort of judge the differences between book and movie, but the fact that my memory of the book is so little um, kind of leans towards the fact that maybe I didn't like the book as much as I thought, just because it sort of faded so quickly, because it wasn't that, like, how long ago did that book come out? It couldn't have been that long ago. Uh, I, you know what I could do, and sometimes I do do stuff like this, do-do, uh, is look at my podcast, like type in The Liberal Cube and then like the name of the movie, and then I could find the episode and see when I read it or, or watched it or whatever. Uh, so I could do that here, but I'm not going to. Uh, uh, years following the events of The Shining, and now adult Danny Torrance must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, K-N-O-T who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. So yeah, sort of soul vampires, um, immortal, but seemingly easy to kill. Like, if bullets kill them, just normal everyday bullets, it's, it's not difficult. Uh, car crashes, yeah, that'll kill you. Uh, so their immortality is, you know, I guess against uh, disease and old age and stuff. So, you know, that's pretty immortal, but if a, if, if a car crash is going to kill you, you still better be careful. And that was one dumb thing, now that I just realize it. Um, bit of a spoiler, uh, one of the members of the True Knot is killed in a car crash uh, because he doesn't wear a seatbelt. Uh, and the reason being of his non-seatbelt wearing is that his immortality has sort of made him lackadaisical to this sort of thing. But, if you're immortal and you know that a car crash could kill you, you're still probably going to wear a seatbelt, no? Dumb. Uh, in general, the movie was fine. Um, one thing I highly recommend, and this is what the missus and I did, is we watched The Shining uh, uh, one day and then like a, a day or two later watch this. And uh, I feel like you're going to catch a lot of uh, cool things that you might not otherwise. Uh, like one cool thing in particular I remember was... Uh, the office from The Shining, where uh, Jack did his interview at the beginning of the movie, was used uh, exactly as is as an office scene in this movie. But uh, it, like it wasn't in the in the Overlook Hotel; it was just like a, a random office scene. But they used the exact same setup, so that, that was kind of a cool little little nod, I guess. Uh, uh, Ewan, Ewan, Ewan. How do you say Ewan McGregor? Ewan. Ewan McGregor. Ewan. Yeah, I think that's a Ewan McGregor. Uh, I, I don't... I can't really think of a time where I've seen Ewan McGregor in a movie and I haven't thoroughly enjoyed his performance, and I'm adding this to the list. Yeah, he's uh, he's basically good in everything, I think. Um, it's good to see him sort of deal with his uh, life post-Shining and the sort of uh, growing up with that shadow on his soul... Oh, wow. Pretty, pretty good. Um, uh, the, 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 the girl who played the girl, Kylie Curran played the girl. She was also very good. Um, uh, rating wise, jeez, I, I think I'll go a four. Yeah. Uh, if you've never seen The Shining, 
I wouldn't uh, necessarily recommend seeing this without seeing The Shining, and plus might as well watch that because that's an amazing movie. Alright, so let's move on by pushing a button. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Bed Bath & Beyond. Thank you for your sponsorship. Uh, a sponsorship of this Television Talk in which I'm talking the show, television that is, Broad City, seasons 1 to 5 I watched. Thank you uh, to my new subscription to Crave TV up here in Canada, which has a lot of cool stuff. I'm debating uh, signing up for the HBO uh, Plus thing where you get crave and hbo but well we'll play that by ear until such time as that happens i have uh, many good shows like this one to watch let me read the imda see if that helps us here broad city follows two women through their daily lives in new york city making their smallest mundane events hysterical and disturbing to watch all at the same time that is sometimes i make fun of the imda descriptions and their inaccuracy but that one pretty good yeah, pretty, the rating of that uh, IMDb description of Broad City, I'm going to give 4 out of 5. Now, the rating for Broad City itself, easy. Easy 5 out of 5. Uh, incredible amount of laughs throughout. And uh, it's not often that... Uh, uh, I, I don't think many shows like this exist... Uh, I guess maybe Sir Silverman programming got it uh, got it pretty good. Where it's uh, 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 you get to see a comedy show from the point of view of women just trying to get through uh, their their daily lives and all that entails. Uh, so uh, I, I like a different perspective because uh, you'll see things that you wouldn't otherwise. Me, the uh, uh, you know uh, cis white uh, middle aged male. Actually, speaking of middle age. Uh, I'd have to make it to, uh, as of two days from now, I'd have to make it to 80. Oh, no, no, wait, that's not good math. Almost 80, because I, uh, it's my birthday, and uh, two days turn in the big 3-9. Gonna celebrate that, eh? 3-9? Dumb. Uh, actors, actresses, however you want to uh, go about that, to Abby and Alana. Incredible. Got Hannibal Burris in there, which I uh, 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 hadn't seen him act much other than sort of a, a bit roles in The Odd Thing, so it was good to see in that. Uh, and really just incredible pieces of comedy throughout. Uh, it's got some of the office-like cringiness, and then some of the craziness of... Uh, like, they get into some, some just super crazy, ridiculous situations, like a, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Ooh, yeah, so it's The Office, plus It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, plus uh, Sarah Silverman program, um, plus comedy, plus laughs, and uh, Broad City, highly, highly recommend, easy recommendation if you are a lover of comedy, and I hope you are. Today's book banter sponsor is The Floating Market. Thank you for that sponsorship of the book Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Oh, 
I have read Neil Gaiman books before and uh, have always enjoyed them and f- sort of realized somehow, some way, uh, despite the fact that I very much enjoy him as an author, I haven't read a lot of his books. Like, I've already met, like, Good Omens. Uh, what else have I read? Like, like maybe two or three, and uh, this was not one of them. So uh, when I realized that fact, uh, I wanted to rectify it. Plus, I have a uh, Facebook friend who always speaks very highly of Neil Gaiman. Uh, so, you know, these sort of things combined to mean that, uh, yeah, I wanted to uh, get on board with this book. Uh, Under the streets of London, there's a place most people could never dream of. A city of monsters and saints, murderers and angels, knights in armor, and pale girls in black velvet. This is the city of the people who have fallen between the cracks. Richard Mayhew, a young businessman, is going to find out more than enough about this other London. A single act of kindness catapults him out of his workday existence and into a world that is as once eerily familiar and utterly bizarre. And a strange destiny awaits him down here beneath his native city. Neverwhere. Uh, yeah, okay, so... Uh, that's the Goodreads description, and uh, similar to the IMDb ones, sometimes they're good, sometimes not so much. This one, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. Yeah, uh, whoever wrote that did a very, very good job. Uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, this guy Richard finds like this. Uh, she's not a fairy, or but a fairy-like, Feywild-like, You'll, you'll see, if, if you're a Dungeons & Dragons uh, player, or DM, or whatever, you'll, you'll, you'll sort of put things together in under that lens, I feel like. At least I did. Um, so she is, a, I guess, sort of just human, but has a, has a sort of fey feel to her. Her name is Doer, uh, because within her family, she has the ability... To, uh, I guess, magically uh, unlock doors, find doors, uh, you know, things of that nature. Uh, Unlock locks. uh, Gain access to places that normally you wouldn't be able to. So that's sort of her milieu. (laughs) Uh, uh, Her, uh, Richard, we're sort of uh, uh, watching, uh, experiencing through the eyes of just an average, everyday uh, Joe Blow sort of a bit of a lovable loser um as he traipses through this sort of fantasy realm underground and it's not uh, i mentioned D D. it's not like hard fantasy like there's not really elves and dwarves although i think maybe there was um it, it's more oh geez uh, there, there's a word for this that i've heard <laughs> a word that i've heard it's not bird uh, that describes this sort of thing, where it's like the combination of real world and fantasy, uh, and sometimes, what do I think sometimes steampunk is involved with it? I don't know, but whatever that word is that I'm trying to think of, that I'm pretty sure exists but might not, uh, describes this combination of fantasy and real world that brings fantasy down to a more believable level? question mark it's almost like um if fantasy actually existed in real life uh as opposed to say the forgotten realms where uh, magic and dragons and everything is just sort of every day here it exists but it's much more subtle it's much more sort of 
uh, interacting with the real world, which makes that lessened to some degree. Lessened and therefore more believable is 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 probably a question I would pose. Uh, regardless, loved it. Uh, easy five out of five, and uh, highly recommends. Uh, I, I haven't yet read a Neil Gaiman book that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed, but just for some reason uh, I forgot <laughs> that fact. Uh, and have ones that I haven't read. So, you know what? Uh, audience participation time, as I like to do from time to time. Uh, so I've read Neverwhere, uh, just as I have this page open. I've read Good Omens. What else have I read? Uh, you know what? I should just click on Neil Gaiman, and that will give me... It's asking me to log in, maybe later. American Gods, yeah, okay. Uh, and... Did I read American Gods? The Graveyard Book? I'm pretty sure I read the Graveyard Book. American Gods, Neverwhere. Did I read and then Nancy Boys? That's the one with like the the African lore, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Okay, so I actually have read a few of them. Uh, Norse mythology. Is that about is that a, a, a fiction or non-fiction Norse mythology? Anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it, but if there's any recommendations for uh, uh, particular Neil Gaiman books, what's your favorite? Shoot them to me, and I will look into them, and potentially read them. Game Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is Alcatraz Locksmith Company Limited. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, I've done a bit of a steam clean, as I have uh, I want to do from time to time, where I will see that I have a crap ton. In fact, I can check. Uh, I have now, currently, 139, <laughs> Jesus Christ, steam games that I haven't played yet. <sighs> yeah, um, I think I... Did I talk about how steam like redid their organization of your library uh at first i didn't like it uh, it was a bit of a pain but uh I, i've sort of broken them down into different categories uh, you know what i'll tell you what they are so there's favorites which there's only 14 favorites for me are ones uh it's sort of a very specific feel it's uh not only great games and not even necessarily great games maybe but ones in which I know I will want to keep uh, installed on my computer so that when I want to play, you know, every once in a while, I want to dust them off and play them, uh, they're there and they're ready to go. You know what? I'll, I'll even tell you what they are. Uh, uh, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, uh, Dungeon Painter Studio, although that's uh, more for, like, I use that to make uh, uh, maps for D&D, &D. Uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim, Fallout 3, Fallout 4, Fallout New Vegas, Faster Than Light, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, Neo Scavenger, Rust, Stardew Valley, and Terraria. So that's, uh, th those are favorites that every once in a while I just get the itch to play. Uh, you know what, I don't think I'm going to take Grand Theft Auto 5 off that. Yeah, I'm going to remove that. How do I unfavorite? M remove from favorites, yeah. Okay, uh, and then I have, uh, then I have, uh, 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 where are we? Uh, 
So favorites, then I have not played, which is that 139. Then I have currently playing. Uh, the reason I like to do that is because with a list as large as I have, uh, sometimes it's nice to know what games you're sort of mid-playing. I currently have seven on the list because it's sort of a mixture between like a big game, uh, a little simple game, maybe a VR game. Uh, then I've got uh, played... The rest of these are all played. Played great. I've got 74 of those. Played good. I've got 192 of those. Played meh. 104 of those. Played bad. 48 of those. And then misc. Miscellaneous. Which is like uh, not really games necessarily. But uh, for some reason in Steam you get a lot of things installed. Like let me run. Like servers. Uh, indexes. Uh, tools, things like that. Things that are not actually games. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that necessarily. We're here to talk about our Steam Clean. Games I played. Uh, first, and not foremost, uh, 111th Soul. Mm. I think this was part of a pack. Uh, and I actually think maybe a few of these were where it was like buy 50 horror games for like a dollar <laughs> something ridiculous like that during a steam sale at some point 111th soul was it a game i don't really know uh it was probably lasted all of five ten minutes uh it was horror which normally i don't play but this one was uh you know pretty dumb so it wasn't as scary <laughs> which i appreciate because i actually can't play scary games something about them uh, like they, like I start to sweat, uh, my heart gets beating in, in a not pleasant fashion. Like comparing to reading a book or watching a movie, I think it's the interactivity of a game versus those other two medias that when it comes to horror, uh, like it, I really don't like it, <laughs> to be honest. Anyways, uh, so uh, you're, you go to a cabin, uh, it's sort of a, a walk around, pick things up, interact. And then there was one scary part where I turned around and there was like this black shadow just sort of staring at me from a doorway and then uh it went away and then when i went out the door there was nothing there that sort of creepy thing yeah i didn't care for that goosebumps for sure uh so 111th soul gonna get a one <laughs> yeah you can have one of the ones out of five uh next moving on to uh, 1954 alcatraz so this is a Point and click, which I think a few of these were, uh, point and click adventure where you're trying to, you guessed it, escape from Alcatraz. Uh, the art style was interesting. It was sort of cartoony, reminded me a little bit of Sam and Max, uh, if, if you know of that uh, IP. Um, and it was, it was fine. It's just point and click adventures, man. Uh, they, they have to be like really, really good. And even then it's just a, a format that feels so dated that it's hard to get pulled in. So, uh, for that, I'll give 1.9. Yeah. Not quite a two. Uh, next we have the aquatic adventures of the last human, uh, of the games. This was my favorite. Uh, so you're, uh, you're a little submarine, uh, that sort of crashes into a earth in the year, you know, 30,000 or something way in the future where the whole planet has been covered by water and you're sort of trying to piece together what happened because you were sort of uh, in space in some sort of time vortex. That part doesn't really matter, but uh, so it's like audio logs and like visuals. Now, my problem with this game and 
the reason I'm only going to give it a, a 2.9 <laughs> is that uh, I, I did have enjoyment, but it was so friggin' hard. And I think maybe I missed something. Like, I only had on my little submarine one gun, and it could only shoot downwards. <laughs> so, like, a, a picture on a plane, I, I couldn't shoot anything that was above my submarine. I could only shoot things that was downwards. And I would get caught, especially one in particular, it almost felt like the game was broken, uh, in uh, rooms with bosses, uh, and, and then I couldn't leave. Like, uh, one in particular, it was like this giant worm, uh, and I'm in here, my little sub, with my, my shitty little gun that only shoots downwards. And uh, so I would go and die and go and die and go and die. So I thought, oh, okay, maybe I can't fight this thing yet. I'll, I'll have to come back later with a stronger gun or something. And then it wouldn't let me leave. Like, I was trapped in there with it. So I had to, like, like basically hide in a corner and sort of cheese it by finding a spot where the bad where the giant worm couldn't get me sort of thing which is probably not how it was meant to be played uh so eventually i made it past that and then there was another boss same thing like a, a, a giant uh seahorse thing there at least i could get out again but uh i think i was missing things there too just so so hard and if you've uh, listened to me talk of games often enough you will know that I don't need super, super hard games. I'm not a Dark Souls guy. Listen, I got 139 games I haven't played. I can't be wasting my time uh, dying over and over again. Jesus. Uh, okay, moving uh, to Arcania, which uh, this one actually wasn't bad either. This one I'll go uh, also a 2.9, just shy of a, a 3, enjoyed while playing but wouldn't play again. There was some enjoyment. Uh, I feel like this is a game that if I had, I think it was made in 2006, uh, like it had, it had things in it that I know if I had to pick this up sort of back in the day when I was playing games uh, in 2006, I would have very much enjoyed it. Uh, it's just we've come such a long way that it's sort of hard. After you play Skyrim, <laughs> hopping into a game like this is difficult, uh, which, you know, that's, the, that's the, the, the dark lining of games getting better and better, is the fact that uh, games you used to love, when you pick up and play them, and you've played much better games since then, they, some of the shine gets, uh, gets worn off a little bit. So that's what happened in Arcania. Uh, I think that one of all of these I played the longest, you know, so we'll say that. Uh, okay, so these last two are just very simple point-and-click adventure ones that uh, I didn't really care for. Uh, Barrow Hill colon The Dark Path and Barrow Hill colon Curse of the Ancient Circle. So it sort of com combined uh, point-and-click adventure with some live-action uh, uh, scenes as well. Uh, and, you know, point-and-click adventure. It's... It's, it's a game style that is not around as much as it used to be, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> I mean, you can enjoy it, I suppose, uh, in the right frame of mind. It's just, uh, I don't know what that frame of mind is. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Crunchy Nut Cereal. Thank you for that sponsorship. 
All right, first uh, we have Jordan Jesse Go, which I haven't brought back in a little bit, but they had on guest Annie Kindler and J. Elvis Weinstein from Thought Spiral, that podcast which I love. So it was the combination, the combination, don't know why I said it like that, of two podcasts that I thoroughly enjoy and love. So uh, when those two titans uh, collide, I, I couldn't help but bring it back here. So, so very, very many laughs. Um, uh, 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 Jordan Morris, I, I think I've mentioned before, is just one of the quickest wits out there. Uh, all of them are. All, all of the people I've mentioned, Jordan, Jesse, Andy, Elvis, all super, super quick wits. So uh, to hear them on this was just a, a goddamn delight. So many laughs, and uh, it, it, it's sort of a combination of... You know what? Let me jump into my next item because uh, it's going to tie in with this. And it is Would I Lie to You, which is a British uh, game show, chat show, talk show thing. Anyways, what it is, is, ooh, a double is, uh, a group of comedians, two teams of three, will compete in uh, a series of games and they all revolve around uh, uh, either telling the truth or lying and trying to convince others that you are telling the truth. So that's simply broke down. I'm going to say something, uh, some elaborate lie, and convince you that I'm telling the truth. Every once in a while I will be telling the truth, and you have to sort of determine the difference. And then sort of points are awarded. Uh, that part of it, you know, doesn't really matter. Basically what does matter, and why it is sort of intertwined with Jordan Jesse Go, is it's basically just a, a, a bunch of funny people sitting around and uh, uh, trying to say funny things <laughs> period full stop yeah kind of kind of sort of uh, but would i lie to you uh it's something about maybe it's the british sense of humor maybe it's the format uh, i'm not quite sure what it is but it is one of the funniest uh, uh, programs i have ever seen <coughs> oh apparently i'm getting choked up <coughs> excuse me just one of the funniest programs I have ever seen in my, oh, aforementioned, 39 years on this planet. Like, multiple, multiple, almost every episode just crying, laughing at uh, some of the elaborate uh, lies they get up to. And um, I love it. I, I, I highly recommend it and George Jessica, oh, and also Ben Schwartz. Ooh, segue. Ben Schwartz doing the rounds for Sonic. Yeah, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, that movie's uh, just come out from my perspective, not when you're listening to this, because I record a bunch in advance, so that uh, if I ever don't feel like recording, I don't have to. Ah, behind-the-scenes action. Yeah, so uh, with that movie coming out, uh, Ben Schwartz is all over the place. So he's on talk shows, he's on podcasts, he's, uh, he's everywhere, and I love it. Yeah, uh, speaking of just funny people going around talking, saying funny things... He, super, super quick-witted as well, which I think is sort of the theme of this particular internet intercourse, just a, a funny people sitting around being funny. Hey, what more do you need from the internet? Really? If that's all it was? You know, I, we'll keep the pornography as well, obviously, but uh, if that's all it was, pornography and funny people? What more do you need? Cats, I suppose, some people will say. I, I'm not a big internet cat person. You know, keyboard cat, he was good. Grumpy, wouldn't throw him out of bed for eating cat food. 
uh, folks, we fell apart at the end. It's because I got a little tickle in my throat at the end, and, you know, it's I, I should just burn this whole episode down to the ground, which is what I'm going to do as soon as I hit this stop button. But I won't hit it without, of course, saying first, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper